0: Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Our text for our sermon is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. To remind you of that account, I will read verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. This is the word of our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, last week in our sermon text, Romans chapter 4, verse 15 The Apostle Paul, under inspiration, says that the law works anger. And then he went on to say, however, where there is no law, there is no trespass. And what does that mean? Christ kept the law perfectly for you in your place. So the law does not apply to you, but we always have to add when it comes to salvation. Because we do have a sinful nature that will jump to the wrong conclusion. As the man did in the city of Corinth at the Christian congregation who realized Christ kept the law, the law has been abolished. And so he thought that meant that he didn't have to live a life that reflected the light of God. And went around bragging in his new Christian freedom that he was free to have intercourse with his stepmother. That's just disgusting. So we always have to add the law does not apply when it comes to salvation. But as our text told us in verse 8, walk as children of the light. It has been changed for us. The law is not something we do to be saved. The law is something God works through us to demonstrate his glory. And the law that sits there and says sin, 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 sin does not condemn us. We're forgiven. Now it shows us that light at work through us. So today's our sermon theme is, now that you are in the light, walk as children of the light. And again, verse 8 explains that. It says, you were darkness. Apart from Christ, we live in darkness. We are subject to sin, death, and the devil. We are slaves. Put a blind person into a room or or put somebody in a room that's absolutely pitch black that they've never been in and then ask them to go find a needle or something hidden away in the room and see how well that goes. That's the condition we are in until the Holy Spirit enters our heart and tells us we can't keep the law but Christ did in our place, creating faith. So how do we walk as children of the light? We must know the properties of the light. Christ is the light. Christ is the Word, as the Apostle John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he calls Jesus the light. And so we're told in verse 9, Indeed, the fruit of the light consists within the boundaries of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So if you want to walk as children of the light, you have to know the properties of the light. Let's work those in reverse order. The truth. If you were to ask what is truth, as Pilate did to Jesus in his days, it seems that the truth was whatever the people wanted, so he would crucify the Lord. When you get to the age of enlightenment, if you would ask what is truth, they would tell you the scientific method. And the scientific method, when properly applied, does give us a lot of scientific truths. But see, God created the world. And when he chooses to suspend those scientific rules that he established that we can often discover, that's called a miracle. So even the scientific method does not apply to God. So how can we know the truth if we're stumbling around in the darkness? Jesus is the Word. The Word comes to us and tells us that truth that we cannot save ourselves. The truth that we are slaves to the devil but he did it for us. That the law has been abolished when it comes to our salvation. It no longer condemns us because his Holy Spirit is in our hearts and that light shines on us and it defies the lies of the sinful nature that tells you that you earn or that you contribute or that you just act good enough most of the time and you will be saved. It shines the light on that and a It abolishes it with the truth that we all deserve hell, but God has become a man and has saved us. It abolishes the lie that you use the law to earn your salvation and makes it the law is how you thank the Lord because he has given you already salvation. And so the righteousness is not our own righteousness. It is God's righteousness, which is another word for holiness. And again, if you want to know what holiness is, it is summarized in the Ten Commandments. And again, we have been credited with Christ's righteousness. So now, that law that once condemned us, because we're united to Christ, because His light is shining on us, it shines through us. And if you want to see how it's shining through you, It's when the righteousness shines through, when you do struggle with your sin. And the truth is, when you fall in your sin, then it's shining through you because it announces the forgiveness of sins. And so, working backwards, the last property that is given is goodness. And if you want to know what goodness is, look at our God again. He becomes a man, and God becomes a servant. He becomes a servant for you, living his life perfectly for you so he could credit you with his righteousness. And he bears on the cross the punishment for your sins and my sins and he rises victorious. So Christ sets the example of goodness as God willing to be a servant. And he spells that out, for example, in the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is what his Holy Spirit connecting you to Christ does. You become the Good Samaritan where you're willing to be inconvenienced to help an enemy because the love of God is in you. And so we see goodness is willing to help others and serve them because God's goodness has been put in your heart when he connected you to the Lord. So now that you are in the light... Walk as children of the light, knowing the properties of the light, goodness, righteousness, and truth. When they shine through you, you see those properties. When you hear them in the word of the Lord, you hear those properties. So if we go on to verse 10, our text says, try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And a lot of translations struggle over how to translate this text into smooth English, because it literally says, examining what is well-pleasing to the Lord. There are two words in the inspired Greek of the New Testament and two words in the Hebrew for testing. Okay, so word picture here. If you've got, you think you've found gold and you want to know, is this gold or is it fool's gold? It's a pass-fail test. Either it's gold or it's not. That's one word for testing or examining. The other word is, you know you've got gold, but you want to know its purity, how many carat it is. So the word that's used here is the one for examining pass, fail, whether or not it's gold or not. So what is he saying? You know goodness, righteousness, and truth. You know what the truth is because you're in the light. Now he wants you to shine that light on everything. Pass, fail, is this pleasing to the Lord or not? Well, how can you know what is pleasing to the Lord? The Ten Commandments summarize that. But also being in God's word always tells you that. So we are to examine things to see whether they're pleasing to the Lord or not. I could mistakenly think the way to please the Lord so that my sin doesn't shine through, it would be to uh, disappear off into a cave somewhere, dig a hole in Casper Mountain, and stay away from everybody. But when I read the word of the Lord, he says, no, I want you to shine. So I can examine that and see that's a dumb idea. That does not please the Lord. That is not the light. And we're told in verse 11, and do not join together with the works of the darkness, specifically because they are unfruitful. Instead, bring them also into the light. Do you hear our fellowship doctrine there, brothers and sisters in Christ? There are many well-meaning Christians. Who will teach that you just got to do your best and then God will do the rest? Who will teach that you've got to make a decision and then God will save you? All of that is darkness. It is not Christ did all the work for your salvation. We've got to compare them to the light. And we've got to expose them. And he says we don't want to participate in those. It can be really hard, can't it? Somebody has a food bank and they're using that to teach people to give their decision for Christ. And we know that's work righteousness, that we can't do that, that God takes you and puts you in the light instead. Well, we might want to help feed the poor. But if we join with their work, then we're joining in that unfruitful deed of darkness that puts salvation in an act they perform instead of in an act that Jesus performs. And so we want to expose that in the light by examining it and saying, no, that's not light, that's the devil, that's the lie of the sinful nature. But there's also, we can apply this to our own morality, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ, we live in a time in human history in which post-industrial civilization has gotten ridiculous. It's kind of embarrassing to expose somebody's sins, isn't it? Their morality... The Apostle Paul says in verse 12 under inspiration, Indeed, it's even shameful to talk about the things that are produced by them in secret. Yet everything that is brought into the light is revealed by the light. Used to be that people would do things like pornography. They would do that in secret. They didn't want others to know about it. And let's admit it, you and I have our pet sins that we try to hide. Sometimes we lose the struggle against and we don't want others to know about it. And when you go and you confront somebody and you expose a sin like that, not like a blabbermouth, not like a gossip that has to tell everybody, but to show them the light, the law that shows them they need a Savior, and the good news, the light of Christ, that their Savior has come. Well, it's shameful to expose that. It's embarrassing. And lots of times when you expose somebody's shameful sin, instead of saying, thank you, it's so nice to have that burden relief, they'll say, how dare you? How dare you preach to me? We don't want to do this in a Pharisaical attitude. But you know what's even harder today is even Christian churches are taking sins that that pagans used to know were wrong, and they're covering them up. And how do they cover them up? They say, well, God is love. God has forgiven us of our sins. Therefore, God doesn't mind if they continue dwelling in this. It's no longer a sin. Not the case. We are saved And when we show God's righteousness and holiness, then His light is shining through us. And if we're acting in the opposite, like that man in Corinth was bragging about our sins, doing them out even in public, something's wrong. And go to one of these people who belong to a Christian church that are covering up all kinds of sins, saying God is love as if it means that His righteousness no longer applies, and say, that's a sin. See if you can make it out of that church without at least being berated with words, if not physically changed out. It's not easy to take the spotlight of Christ's true love and the spotlight of the law that shows us we need that spotlight of Christ's true love and test everything against the light and expose it in the light. But we're given the blessing in verse 14. In fact, everything that is revealed is light. For that reason, it says, wake up, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Now, the end of that verse can be easily confused. People can think he's saying, first you wake yourself up and then rise yourself up from the dead. And then Christ will shine his light on you. This is portions of Isaiah that the Apostle Paul is quoting. And the one part that's not in Isaiah in various chapters is the and Christ will shine on you. This is very poetic, so it seems to be a Christian hymn that's summarizing how it works. Now, I'm going to challenge you. Go to a a cemetery, go to a mortuary, and walk up to a dead body and say, Wake up, arise from the dead. And see how much power it has to wake up and arise from the dead. You can do this all week long. You can do this till you lose your voice. I guarantee you, short of a miracle from God, it's not going to happen. And that's the state you and I are in when we're in the darkness. This is a promise from God. He gives the command, wake up. He gives the command to rise from the dead. And the command comes when the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ is shined upon you. And then he gives the promise, the light will continue to shine upon you. So you and I go out into the world with this message. We shine the light of Christ in the darkness. God promises you he'll bless it. He promises you those that it shined on. He'll keep that light shining on them. Some people plant, some people water, others continue to water. Christ is the one that's working and he's the one that continues to shine the light on that seed of faith when it's planted. So he says in verse 14, in fact, everything that is revealed is light. Now people try to translate this into smoother English, but literally says, in fact, everything that is revealed, light. But it said earlier in verse 8, For you were formerly darkness. When we were slaves to sin, death, and the devil, that's what we were. We were darkness. We perpetuated the darkness. It was our characteristic. Now that Christ's light has shined on us, we are light. And when we shine the light of Christ on things, they too become light. So we take our sins and we confess them to the Lord. Even those ones we don't want others to know about because they're so embarrassing. And the light of Christ shines upon them and he pours his blood upon them. Yes, brothers and sisters in Christ, I already mentioned when we struggle against our sin and we win the losses, there it was. Look at the thank you you gave. Look at how God's righteousness is shining on you. And when we struggle with our sinfulness and we lose, we confess it to the Lord. We expose it. We hold it into the light and the blood of Christ dissolves it. So we see here, we do that with others. We come to them. We show them the light so that we're leading them into the light. We lead the effects to God, the power to God. He promises to work in us. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, as I said last week in Romans, we heard that where there is no law, there is no transgression. The law does not apply to you for salvation. You are free. But you are in the light, in the light. You have become the light. You are a branch to the vine of Christ and he shines through you. So now that you are in the light... You walk as children of the light. You're here hearing the word of God, knowing the properties of the light, that it's goodness, righteousness, and truth and what that means. You test everything with the light. Is this Christ or is this against Christ? Is this God's light or is it darkness? And finally leading others into the light so they too can become light, another branch connected to the vine of Christ. Amen. And now grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen.